Welcome to Love Through It. I'm your host, Liana Nielsen, a former actress and comedian turned integrative nutrition health coach. I ended up here after spending my 20s getting sick and then healing from an undiagnosable autoimmune condition, depression, anxiety, and an eating disorder when doctors were no help. Combining both traditional and alternative methods, I found healing through a deeper mind-body connection. On this podcast, I'll share conversations with friends, experts, and clients on how they love through their biggest challenges to build lives and bodies they love. Let's do this. Lori, I am so excited to have you here. Although I shouldn't I shouldn't start this this way because every time I see one of my friends here in Portugal, he makes fun of me because He's like, every time you start every podcast, you're like, oh my God, but it's true. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm going to give a little intro about who you are and then we'll jump right in. So Lori has spent most of her life working in the theater (laughs) as an actor, producer, and the last 10 years, a fabric painter, costume distresser, and general bedazzler. She's been through my Mind Body Elevate program three times and seen remarkable changes utilizing many of her suggested dietary mindset and wellness techniques. Lori, I'm so glad you're here. I'm here. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited too. I'm really excited just to catch up and have this conversation with you. And I'll give a little bit of a backstory about Lori because you're like (laughs) One of my favorite meet cute stories. Mm-hmm. Um, when oh gosh, how many years ago do you think this was in East? Oh gosh, it probably has to be seven or eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Seven or eight years ago, I had a Brussels Griffon puppy named Brewster, uh, but we called him Bruce, and it was my first dog ever. So I was a terrible dog mom in the sense that I just gave him everything that he wanted <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Um, and we were, you know, I was an actress, so my schedule was all willy nilly. So we'd take a lot of walks around the neighborhood. And one day we were walking near the pet store and this very friendly woman <laughs> shouted at me from down the street, is that a Brussels Griffon? And I was like, it is. And I, and you can correct me if I'm misremembering because maybe they're different versions, but you're like, I have one too. Do you want to come to my art studio and like meet my dog? And I was like, absolutely strange woman I've just met on the street who's very enthusiastic and yeah. very friendly. I will follow you into and like, and that was sort of funny because like that studio was sort of like almost like back alley. Oh, totally. To totally. It. Like I had the thought as I was like, stalking you and your dog, like I have to meet this dog. And then I'm like, I sound like a crazy person inviting you like do you want to come meet my dog in this weird like hole in the wall but then I thought oh well this woman obviously has no fear of stranger danger because she immediately <laughs> says okay let's go and then our dogs fell I was like, in sure. love. <laughs> then they fell in love they mm-hmm. did they did it was really 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 cute maybe we'll have to post yeah. a picture in the Instagram of them together but they were best friends and as like a new puppy it was very nice for him to have yeah. Ellie Mae um, so then it was really fun because, A, you had the coolest, I mean, you're, you're transitioning. I mean, I guess we'll get to catch up on where, because I don't really know where you are in it. But from, from my position, it seemed like you had the coolest job in the world. I would go into this big art studio and there's like this open floor plan and they were always just 
making amazing costumes and painting like wings for the Victoria's Secret runway and like everything was and as someone who loves an art and a craft <laughs> I would just secretly want to come and yeah like, and you never knew what but you were walking like, into <laughs> no and towards the end every once in a while you let like me paint something like for two seconds I remember when you move studios you're like look but I just thought you guys had the most fun jobs and then I would look forward to walking my dog and seeing if there were days we were there and Bruce could play and I could just like hang out and chat with you guys and we've developed this really nice yeah. friendship. Yeah, it was so nice to have like little midday, just hangout breaks to feel like, you know, like yeah. connect with another person and like have puppy time. Oh, I miss it. Come back. I know. It was very, <laughs> I know that was so nice. So tell us before we jump in a little bit, just about where you're from, your background, where you got to where you are. Well, uh, I grew up in Missouri, right in the middle, um, went to college there and then finished college and knew I wanted to work in the theater. Um, and so I started working at small theaters all around the country as an actor. Um, and then someone- Oh, did you like do summer stock? I did summer like stock. That? I did some dinner theaters. Uh, I did, you know, the great American melodrama theater, uh, which was the one of the weirdest experiences of my life. And then I got, because Why? it's a place, um, I feel like I have to say, it's in Oceana, California. Um, and it's okay. one of those like old time theaters where they literally served like peanuts for people to throw the shells on the floor and to like boo and hiss and cheer the like heroes and villains during the oh, show. God. It was so weird. And we had to, we had to work the concession stand at intermission. All of the actors did in costume what? and whenever anyone gave us a tip you had to ring a bell and you all had to start singing like a thank you for the tip song <laughs> oh god this sounds awful it was, the things we yeah they it was you one of the weirdest experiences of my life but but it got me to california you know and then um how long did you do oh, that oh not that long like probably three months i think maybe yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And then someone had said, I, I always knew that I wanted to do theater, but someone had mm -hmm. said, Oh, you should go to LA and you're perfect for like the soaps go do that. And it'll make it easier than to do theater elsewhere. Like they were just giving out roles. Cause that's yeah. hilarious that someone was like, yes, it is effortless to transition from the young and the restless yeah. to Broadway. Like that's the most backwards. And <laughs> you get off the funny. airplane and they're like, hi, would you like to come be on our soap opera? Like, no, that's, that's not <laughs> how it works. I, I taped a lot for the young and the restless for a period of time where they kept like having me put myself on. And I was, I was like, God, am I going to end up on a yeah. soap opera? I, I think I not. went in for general hospital like eight times. And ne never, never, <laughs> never, but can't yeah, say no, I'm bummed. Okay. Can't I, think say that I'm that, bummed. I think that worked out <laughs> as it should. Um, yes. So yeah, I stayed in LA for six years and then um, I had booked a film in New York. So I came here just randomly for like four days to shoot this tiny little indie that a friend was doing. And um, while I was in New York, I was like, why the fuck am I not here? Like, 
this is it. Mm. And so I went home uh, back to LA and was like, no, I'm, I'm done. And I sold everything and moved to New York on how was on my 30th birthday, like the day oh, of my 30th yeah. birthday, which is a crazy coincidence looking back in so many ways. Um, but that was it. And I stayed there for 17 years until, um, until it Recently. wore me down, until it wore me down. Uh, oh man, yeah. I know that life. Ooh, it's, it's exhausting, exhausting. <laughs> but I never had the permission I felt, you know, like I didn't have mm -hmm. a Tony in my hand. I didn't have any of these things that I felt like I should. So I felt for so many years, I mean, I think I wanted to leave New York for about seven years before I did. Four for me, like four or five yeah. before I did. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're smart. Yeah. Er. I took getting divorced. Part of, that was part of it. I think that if I had have stayed any longer, I probably would have gotten divorced. So it's for the best. It grinds on you. Yeah, it really does. It really does. And now I'm in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Uh, so much in part to our work together. And yeah, you're like in Stars Hollow, basically, yeah, yeah. for any Gilmore Girls yeah. uh, enthusiasts, yeah. uh, which makes me so excited. Actually, so I got to visit Lori's house and neighborhood, and it's so beautiful and charming. But yeah, we kind of went through that process together, we which was did. really amazing to watch you jump off a cliff, essentially, and create this really beautiful new life for yourself. So when I put out the... Uh, call to action, essentially, I guess the second time around when I did my program, what made you want to sign up for it? Because Lori and I were dog friends, mm -hmm. right? I think we hung, you watched my dog once, we'd walk our dogs, but we were dog friends. Yeah. We, I don't think, I went to your, your company party one yeah. year, but like we had not socialized. We had sort of a specific, lovely, but specific friendship. Yeah, definitely. So, and then I left New York and we hadn't probably talked, spoken in a couple of years. No, definitely. Because you went to California and then I, did, I sort yep. of lost track of you. Yes. Yeah. Um, Same. <laughs> so it's interesting. You put out your call to action for your second program. And yeah. uh, I had been seeing you on Instagram and these, mm -hmm. um, you know, reviews or whatnot coming in from the clients you'd work with. And yeah. it seemed to me like there was some kind of magic there. Like I'll admit I jumped oh. in fully expecting to be like, Ooh, okay, I'm going to do this. And my friend is going to give me the answer. Like it's just going to be handed to me. People talk <laughs> about like, Oh, I took Liana's program and now I'm a huge success and I'm booking jobs and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I'm like, okay, so it just comes with a mission. That's great. Um, and I was feeling very stuck. Like I said, I've been feeling yeah. stuck in New York for a long time. And yep. I just didn't, there's no other word but stuck. Like yeah. feet in cement, not making any motion. And to the point of feeling like I didn't even know how to attempt to make any motion. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted the, I wanted the magic pill, basically. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people do. I feel like a lot of people think that they're getting that and they get so much more. Yeah. Like it's oh, yeah. frustrating because they don't, but it's so much more than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So much more. Like there's, I've, I've learned the beauty in the, 
the journey. I almost said struggle, but the struggle is what you start to shake off and the journey is what you're left with. And Ooh, that's really beautiful. It's a really beautiful path. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I took that leap with you, my friend. Oh, it, you know, it's been quite a pleasure to have you absolutely and to watch this unfold. And I feel very lucky because, and we'll talk a little bit about this because it's sort of fun. Um, so I've mentioned this, I need to have, I need to maybe talk more about this or have like a well, you're a little bit of an expert. I was going to say a human design expert, but Lori and I are both reflectors and I sort of turn my client. I always want to know, because for me, I think it's very helpful because there's a lot of information about energy. Mm-hmm. And as much as that can sound very woo woo, it's a real thing yeah. where like projectors reflect, we have very different energy. I see it. I get a lot of, uh, projectors especially who are operating like manifestors and manifesting generators from who are burnt out and when I get them to see their design and I give them permission to to really relax they heal right like I've had people yeah. like with migraines and they were getting like MRIs and all of these brain scans when really it was like oh this is at the core a projector acting like a generator yeah yeah and okay and maybe, well, we'll hop, the reason I brought, bring it up is Lori, Lori and I are both reflectors, which is 1%, 1 to 2% of the population. And we're kind of like a very weird, weirdo kind of. Yeah, we're weirdos. Um, we're weirdo we're weirdos. unicorns. Yeah. We're weirdo, weirdo unicorns. And it was interesting because uh, my journey with human design, whenever something shows up three times in a row and like catches my eye, I'm like, okay. That's my I got too. There's yeah, yeah. There's something about this I need to look at, mm-hmm. and that's what happened with human design. I was like, I don't care because I'm not really into astrology. Like, you know, I have my own sort of relationship to my spirituality through my healing journey, but like, I'm not like overly woo woo in any way. So this kind of thing was like, ah. And it came into my life when I was in the beginning of the pandemic, when I was at a crossroads between whether or not to continue with acting because. As soon as production stopped, I was like, there was just a sigh of relief. And I was like, whoa. And much like the not liking New York anymore, I didn't like acting anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just feeling really done with it. But I had such a hard time untangling myself from it. And then I had this other business that I really liked. And I was sort of, and that was kind of picking up because people were really struggling, both, you know, with mental and physical health because of the pandemic. And I remember I started looking into human design. They talked about reflectors are here to reflect back the health of a community or a population. And it was this funny moment of like, oh, maybe I do need to surrender to the truth that like acting has run its course and I love my business and, you know, I want to lean into that whole thing. Um, But yeah, it's, it's definitely, do you want to, do you want to talk a little bit about we sort of turned you on to it. Oh, you through. 100%. I feel like that's the first thing that I got out of out of the first well, program actually, I let me back, I would let me back it up and talk about your chronic stomach aches. Let's like ground this in the human oh, for a okay. second. Okay. Cuz like you didn't feel great. Oh. When you, you were like my body hurts. Yeah. Yeah, my body my body was fucked basically. <laughs> Uh, what was going on physically for you? I had stomach problems that I'd had my whole life that, um, similar to you, I'd been to how many doctors and they always said, we don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'd been told I had yeah. ulcers. I'd been told, told that I 
generated too much acid. I'd been told that my stomach generated not enough acid. I'd been told it could be gluten. I'd been told it was like all of these things and nothing. Like it never worked. Yeah. I ended up in the emergency yeah. room like for hours and they basically told me I was I was like dreaming it. Like there's nothing wrong with you. There's absolutely nothing oh, wrong with you. Yeah. Here's a yeah. $5,000 bill. And you're like, what? Right. Wait, hold on. What? And so I, I just felt so discouraged, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, you start to question whether you are crazy or whether yes. you're just hopeless. And it really aids in, um, it's such a feeder to depression Yes. Especially if you're also not feeling good in your space and like everything just sort of starts to feel hopeless. Um, yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, you as as a reflector, I think I was trying to operate as a generator through all of this yep. and feel like, but no, I just have to do more. And like, I see how much this person is doing. I see how much that person is doing. So obviously I suck because... Yes. I don't have that. I don't have that hamster wheel. And sometimes I just want to sit down and not see a person for a week. Yes. And that obviously makes me wrong and bad. And yes. that's something yes. wrong with me. And so my body is shutting down. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then I also have a lot of um, chronic injuries or long-term injuries that were causing, mm -hmm. you know, pain in parts of my body. Mm -hmm. That I'm like, how does um, a stupid mistake cheerleading 30 years ago still <laughs> fuck me up? Like, I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. I that That's bad. Um, I had family members telling me that I was too emotional, you know, that I needed to just, yeah. like, get it together. Like, come on, put your big girl pants on. And so I think there were just a lot of voices everywhere in my life, my own and others, mm -hmm. basically telling me, like, as a person, I was wrong. I was doing it yeah. wrong. Yeah. Ooh, that deeply resonates with me. And before we go further, just to clarify, so there are five types in human design, mm -hmm. uh, generators, manifesting generators, uh, projectors, manifestors, reflectors. Most of the population is some kind of generator. Yeah. It's like 70, what, 5%? Something like that, I think. Yeah. I'm bad at percentages. And and like the culture and society is built off of generators mm -hmm. and their energy and they have just energy they have to burn up throughout the day and they sort of crash and burn at the end. You know, it's like you got to use up that energy so they sleep well. Yeah. They find and a project that like brings them joy, makes them happy and they can like do it forever. Like they can just yes. go. And my husband is a, is a hardcore generator and yeah, most of the people, too. most of the people in my life that are most important are like I, I react well with generator energy yeah. and so apparently I was trying to keep up in a way that just wasn't sustainable well in New York is just such a hustle culture also right. and and what you said in the human design thing which I thought was really interesting uh just now was like you felt like you were wrong mm -hmm. and you know what I mean like who you were as a, a person was wrong mm -hmm. and I felt the same way yeah like I always felt like I'm not doing it right or I'm you know and I mean you know I think a lot of people feel that but that was the one thing where I really, that's where human design hooked me, right? Because I was like, whoa, this is like telling me really weird idiosyncratic things about myself mm -hmm. that 
are absolutely right and are now giving me an understanding and a permission and tools to like make better decisions and understand how to listen to myself and understand like, like the emotional part, like we're both incredibly spongy Mm -hmm. and like they talk about like us being able to amplify other people's uh, emotions. Right. So sometimes I would go into spaces as a child and I would feel things deeply or go in happy, come out sad and be like, I have no idea why. And like, want to start crying and, you know, things felt, and it was like, you'd feel crazy. because you're like, wait, I was having a good day. And now I, was, I like ran into someone on the street. Now I feel angry or yeah. something after. And I was like, this isn't mine. I didn't realize how much I was like filtering through everyone else's experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big part of New York city for me. I can't, yeah. I've come to realize, um, having stepped out of it now, I realized mm-hmm. just how much being in a city with that much emotion from all the people, like mm-hmm. it, it seems like, oh, you're in a place and you do your own thing. But for me, it was like, I was absorbing, you know, yeah. the angry man on the corner and the constant yeah. horns and the screaming and the, you know, fuck that guy. And all of it was coming down on me. And I I said to someone the other day, like at the end, I really felt like I was, I was getting buried under this emotional rubble that was just coming Mm -hmm. down on me from all sides. And I had no idea. I didn't know that was happening because I didn't, I didn't understand. And, and human design really gave me the, the pieces of information that I needed First of all, to go, I'm not broken. Yeah. I'm different. Yes. And it gave me a freedom to just be like, oh, okay, like this makes sense. And like you said, the the minutia that is so Mm -hmm. on the nose that I found from it. And I also- What was one of the biggest surprises for you? when? Like the the sensitivity to spaces thing and even like needing to move tables in restaurants, I was like- what? Like, this is a thing for me. It was, uh, the decision-making that was the first oh, yeah. one that was like, Oh, Oh, that's yeah. me. Yeah. You know, the fact yeah. that we don't, we don't make decisions on the spot, you know, that right. like big right. decisions we wait, it's best to wait a lunar cycle because yeah. your thought of what the, the verdict of that decision will be completely changes on your mood at the time, which for us is so dependent upon space and like day and people and where we've been and all of these things coming at us. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I mean, I can remember having a breakdown of epic proportions, deciding between two colors to paint my bathroom at one point, you know, like on the floor sobbing because I felt like I had to make this decision right now. And I couldn't do it. Like that. Call yeah. The pressure piece that. is so interesting. Yeah. Like not being able to deal with pressure. Yeah. Was that, no, I had the hardest time. I mean, this is a bigger decision, but I remember like I had to pick, I was picking between two high schools and it was like, my parents wanted to kill me mm-hmm. <laughs> cause it was like, it took me forever to make a decision. And the really, and the really beautiful thing about this is that I would just like, spin my wheels and be anxious and think and think and stress out and stress out and stress out and stress out. And it's like, now I just know that I don't know until I know. Yeah. 
and in the in the not knowing and i think we all like all of this and you know all of this can sound very basic and all of this also is relatable to everyone to a degree right like there's so many as, of us that are like empaths or highly sensitive where like you do have to really pay attention to your surroundings and you know decision making can always i mean we all have moments of uncertainty right where it's like you know, as long as I keep my head down and I really like, I do the things that make me feel good and I take care of myself. I trust now that the right answer will come when it comes. And again, everyone's got a different different decision-making process or authority, right? But I feel like that's on some level true for a lot of people as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like I've also been learning to trust my gut with people that I'm around too, mm -hmm. which um, I never allowed myself the, the freedom of that. I'm like, oh, well, this person's in front of me, I guess I just have to deal with them. You know, like, mm -hmm. oh, it's not my fault that it makes me feel icky when now I know if someone makes me feel icky or like something doesn't feel right, then I'm not, this isn't the person I'm meant to re interact with. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's not a judgment oh. on them. It's just something is, something's not going to click here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and so with all of the bringing it back to like the physical health issues um where was talk about the resolution there like what was your experience with and like what are you experiencing any of that stuff now well you know there's all this talk that you always hear about about being in your body you need to be in your yeah. body you know everyone yeah. and and i think it I don't think I knew how to be in my body. I thought I was in my body because yeah. I felt a lot of pain and I felt mm -hmm. a lot of discomfort and, mm -hmm. and I felt it hard. So that mm -hmm. seemed to me like, oh, well, I'm in my body and it fucking sucks. So I actively want something to get me out of there. Yes. Yes. Which yes. I couldn't get far enough out either. So yeah. I think that, the, the phrase like be in your body is can be really disheartening if you don't know how. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of working with your program is I learned how to listen to my body, which is very mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that started really with the, the sugar detox with yeah. the whole um, food elimination, sugar detox, which I was highly resistant to in the yes. beginning most people are yeah most people are like what the fuck is this yeah because i was like well you know what i i eat pretty good in general yeah um yeah. so i don't really feel like this is a problem i don't really feel like sugar yeah. is a problem and and I, I mean i think calling it the sugar detox is a little um I know I should not. I will. I got it from a doctor who called it that. Um, yeah. So I should maybe rename it something else. Yeah. Cause it's a That's little misleading because it's so much more than that. It's so much, Yes. you know, or at least in our little, um, you know, our little brains. When I started out, when you said sugar detox, I'm like, well, I don't eat that much chocolate, you know, like I'm not a sweet right. person. So this right. isn't, this isn't my problem. This isn't what I need to focus right. on. When right. I feel like the change really started to me when I surrendered and did it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's then, a consciousness tool. Yeah. That's what I tell people this way. It is. It really is. Anytime you're slowing down, being really intentional about like what you're putting in or taking out of your body and mm -hmm. then listening. All it is, it's like, okay, we're doing a science experiment on your body. 
I know you've maybe done the whole 30 or something similar. I'm like, we want to look at this as a 10-day introspective journey, see what happens when you start to change and you know modify what you're doing. How do you feel? How do you sleep? What are your thoughts? What are your cravings? Well, how's your digestion? How is your energy? How is your skin? Like from all of the human stuff to more of the thinking, feeling, being stuff. And you feel like that was, you know, a, a doorway in, it sounds like. A doorway in. And it was all of those things, as well mm -hmm. as it put me sort of on the spot to really just focus on taking care of myself for those 10 mm -hmm. days instead mm -hmm. of like, okay, I have to make sure that like, whatever we're fixing, like my husband would like as well, or that I'm using whatever's in the fridge or like, you know, like all yeah, of these yeah. other things, which had been putting it outside of me for those 10 days, mm -hmm. I focused on me and what I yeah. felt like and what I was putting in my own body, which was, was, it sounds so silly and simple, but was a huge shift from my general mindset. Yeah. And yeah. I learned, uh, well, first of all, I learned that nightshades are a problem for me, which mm -hmm. again, mm -hmm. I had been pouring tomatoes in my body every day because they're healthy, right? Like that's a healthy yeah. choice. Um, right, right. So I learned the things that I needed to stop. And I also, mm -hmm. um, I learned that things like my body actually feels better if I have a little bit of like carbs to run on you know i'm a, I'm a sturdy mm -hmm. german girl we like potatoes <laughs> and bread like we need i need a little bit of that i also have learned yeah. when i'm having too much of that what that does yeah. to me as well but yeah. without doing the 10 days i feel like there were all these like little signs that i never would have noticed or paid attention to or knew what they meant yeah and that was a huge yeah. that was a huge first step for me and what happened with the stomach issues well, I don't have them anymore. <laughs> I knew that, but I feel like we needed to celebrate. Yeah, that. That's yeah. Very I haven't. I haven't had like. It's oh, it's so interesting. There was a, but like two days ago, I was having like a weird mm -hmm. pain, and it, you know, it's interesting that your your body remembers these things. And I had this pain, and it brought on like such a like heavy sweat anxiety attack because it was like no mm -hmm. I don't want to go back I don't want to go back I don't want to be there again why is this here and mm -hmm. I was able to just sort of sit and calm myself and be like oh you know what this is you haven't drank enough water in the past three days and so here's what's happening and I could in myself figure it out which mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was felt like such a huge win such a huge win for being literally debilitated for years with stomach issues. Yay. Yay. Thanks. I love that. <laughs> well, and that's like the first step into being like, you talk about like being in your body. That's the first step to being in your body. Right. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, if it doesn't hurt, it's easier to be, it's easier to be inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so why did you decide to come back? Well, it went so well the first round. Uh, and we had just a really beautiful and amazing group of women and yeah. men. We had a, we had our solo man in my first group. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. Um, but it was such a beautiful group of people. And I felt mm -hmm. like I was learning as much from them as yes. I was from you. 
just because yeah. it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. watching people with completely different struggles than me and seeing them like manage and step their way through it over those 12 weeks that uh i mean i love you but the second group i came back a lot because a lot of them were coming back and they felt <laughs> it felt like yeah. Yeah. Like such a community that community. had become so important mm -hmm. to me and so, yeah. so instrumental in supporting each other and their growth that uh, so many of us came back for, to, for round two that I jumped in. And then it was in round two when mm -hmm. uh, a lot of my life went right into the toilet with my living situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um which was bananas. I think the first call of round two, I was having to take the call from inside my car during a blizzard because my neighbor had just burned his house down and yes. forced us out of ours like three days before. Right. Cause there was like smoke and yeah. all kinds of damage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everything had gone in the shitter and I was like, man, I thought everything was going so well again, thinking that there was that I had, I had taken the magic pill is what I think at the end of it, like, okay, yeah. I feel so good. Yeah. I'm starting these techniques, but I think they weren't really ingrained in my body. And so then, yeah. Um, we jumped in for the second round and I feel like that's when really the, the deep hard stuff started happening. Yeah, it was so crazy. It was so crazy because you were talking more and more about how you were feeling exhausted by New York and you were unhappy and and you weren't happy in your living space anymore and the fire happens. And then your other neighbor on the other side, right? Yeah. During this time. Yeah. Right? He yeah. like drilled a hole through the wall. Oh no, that was the same neighbor. That was the same neighbor that burned oh. that burned it down. Before okay. that, he okay. had been um he had Woof, there was a lot there. He was apparently like a known bad guy by the police and he was banging on our walls. He thought someone was living in the wall between our brownstones. Oh, and so Brooklyn. Yeah, he, he like oh, was looking for him, like dismantling the wall on his side, and then he wow. drilled holes through like from his side into our side which I like one day opened a cabinet and I looked in and I was like, Oh shit, I can like, Oh, I shouldn't be able to see that. And again, that's terrifying. Was, that's like the stuff of horror movies. Yeah, it really was. And no one would help us. Like the police were like, there's nothing we can do. And you're like, he's breaking into our apartment through the wall. Yeah. They, we were told basically that unless he, directly brandished a weapon while threatening us like in our faces um Yikes. or if he like actually physically hurt one of us that was the only yeah. way that we could do anything but the rest of it there was nothing that they could or would do and so it was just again that feeling of helplessness and then it just kept yeah. building and building of be like he would tell us he would tell my husband things that he'd be like oh I heard you guys talking about this because he could get holes into our apartment so oh my we god were in that our is so place and we would, creepy we would whisper or like go outside and like talk quietly 
badly if we no. didn't want him to hear like i was it was terrifying and then he burned the place down and um our ours got so much smoke damage that then we were forced out for two months so we were mm -hmm. just floating in between like hotels and airbnbs with two dogs and like just literally not really knowing where we were going to live the next week yeah. Until, well, oh, and it was up. interesting because you were really resistant to leaving that place, I even really though was. you didn't, you weren't happy there anymore. And it just felt like you were getting physically pushed out. And like, you know, we believe what you want to believe, but it was like the universe is like, Lori, you don't like this. Like, I'm going to make it really hard for you to live here. Yeah. Except the universe wasn't doing it in that volume of voice. The universe was screaming at me. <laughs> like you know flashing lights in my face and i still which i've come to realize i didn't feel like i deserved to get out of that yeah yes that's what you know it was really interesting because you were really really resistant to the truth of the situation what you actually wanted and yeah. you had a really really hard time asking for your needs to get met yeah yeah, I felt that I wasn't, that financially it was an impossibility. I felt mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, sort of how we talked about earlier, that sort of feeling of being like, a fa if I leave New York, I'm a failure. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. this societal thing about the city. Like, why would anybody ever leave New York? It's the greatest city in the world. Well, for some people it is. And for some mm -hmm. people, it's a living short shit show. So... <laughs> I was one of those people, but I was just much more um, absorbed in the voices coming at me instead of the voice in me, which knew what I wanted. You had no connection to Zero. it when Zero. I met you. Yeah. Zero. None. You starting to meditate is really what helped me get in touch with that, which also was so hard because yeah. I didn't feel like I could do it right. I didn't feel like I could do it correctly. You know, like mm -hmm. I didn't, I couldn't find like sitting quietly for 10 minutes. There was too much outside stimulation. There was too much whatever and guiding meditation helped. But then uh, in our work, in our group, in that fabulous mm -hmm. group, we talked mm -hmm. a lot about the idea of doing things badly and yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. whether Fuck it, it was writing badly or like, dancing badly yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. And I, I really leaned into that one. And I was like, well, you know what? I bet I can meditate like shit. I can do that really <laughs> badly. And uh -huh. so uh -huh. that kind of, again, like cracked open this door that was like, but you're still doing it. And so yeah. it then yeah, yeah, started yeah. to become easier. I'm still not great at it. You know, I'm still not a fabulous. I mean, that's not, that's, I mean, what does that even mean though, right? Right. Like, it's such a personal practice. Like, that's like, I'm still not great at, I was going to say showering, but that's not right <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, I'm like, no, no, nope, you can be good and bad at taking showers. That's pretty, that's like an obvious thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little slow today. Um, the being bad but, at it though allowed me to make it personal, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And into what it what it means to me, which a lot of time is just breath work and breathing. Yeah. And yeah. taking like thirty seconds, but then also there are those times 
you know, where I do just need to like sit and be quiet and like feel whatever's under my hands. Sometimes that's the best mm-hmm. thing for me or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it all, it all well, changes. It's, it's like anything else. It's like your diet. It's like what type of, you know, practice do you need meditation wise yeah. or otherwise, right? Like yeah. all of it. And I really like, I remember I sort of brought this with from improv days when I used to do stuff at UCB, they would always like in the very beginning of a class, they'd be like, okay, you guys do the worst improv ever. Hmm. And it was so funny because often it was not that bad. Yeah. And people would have to squash down their good instincts. And it was, and I, I just remember that being like, oh, all of a sudden we're all free. Yeah. Right. And like, that's what, you know, for all of you, it's like, well, how do I get you to slow down and, and honor yourselves? That's sort of listen. And, and how do I get you to, to free up your ideas around your limitations? Yeah. And sometimes that's healing. And sometimes that's, you know, I mean, it's so many, it's different for everyone, which is why, you know, going back to why you love the group so much, why I, cause I was just doing individual for years coaching, except for I was teaching classes uh, at this like conservatory. And um, I really loved the classes because people would come in and they'd talk about what worked and what didn't. And in community, we heal faster, right? Mm -hmm. In community, when we commit to something, it's more meaningful. We show up for each other. So when I started doing the group program, you saw that people were really committed to the calls or to showing up because it meant that like you're supporting someone else that you cared about now's growth journey. Yeah. Right. And that is a, a really, that's incredibly powerful. And when you start to see people like the whole mirror neurons thing, right. Where you see someone being able to do something, you then believe that you can do it. Yeah. And like, that is part of the, the, why the group work I think is incredible. It's incredible. Um, And it's so interesting though. And I think one of the beautiful examples of doing that kind of work is everyone is so different. Everyone, and there's this beautiful dichotomy of there are these common threads, right? Mm -hmm. That we all can, you know, everyone wants connection. Everyone wants to feel good. Everyone wants to feel free and happy, all those things. But on the other side, like there are so many weird things that certain people need to feel good, right? And like the more you give people freedom to be like, I don't know, I need to take a shower every night before bed. Not that that's weird. Again, why do I keep talking about showering? What's the showers today? <laughs> I had one. I'm still thinking about it. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but I'm like, what are my funny habits? Apparently, I'm I have a real affinity. For, I do. I take a lot of showers. I don't know. Like with stress, I take more showers. Interesting. <laughs> you guys are learning so many. Yeah, I like to wash the day off. Okay. I feel like like there's an energetic. I go in. It's like almost meditative, where I like a long day. I just like literally like deep breath. Picture like the water like washing away the day, or like pu- pulling all of like the energy down the drain. Okay. Um, but I think I just used to be a mermaid. Also, swimming <laughs> is like my favorite thing ever. Okay, this is a tangent. We didn't mean to go on. <laughs> but no, we're starting to see all of the little things and people giving themselves permission to, you know, be empowered, to heal, to to feel better. Like, you're like, oh, crap, I can do this too. And women, I mean, everyone has a hard time, but especially women. Yeah. Like the idea that you're like, I can spend 10 days just paying attention to my body. Yeah. And caring for myself. Yeah. I think the freedom and the permission are like 
the biggest things, but also to see somebody else do it made me feel like, I think I often deal with things feeling like, oh, I'm not equipped for that. I haven't read enough yeah. books on it. I don't yeah. have the right yeah. tools. I don't mm -hmm. have, you know, the correct pen to write in my journal. I don't have right, right, right. this. And to see someone else in a week be like, oh, I tried this. I just, you know, like laid on my floor, or laid in a ball, whatever. And it really did something. It was, it was a permission that someone else was like showing you their little path to be like, it doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't have yeah. to be as hard as you're making it. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, it's, it's and just a little gateway drug. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it was pretty amazing to watch you. A, suffer, 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 suffer. Figure out why you were suffering. Know that you did not want to live there anymore. That it was literally making you sick and feel crazy. And it's so interesting how we cling to things because we are afraid, even when they are so bad for us, right? Mm -hmm. Like we almost like grab onto the suffering. And then What's we that phrase, you like the devil you know is better than the one you yeah. don't, you know? Right, right, right. And you're, you're, you show up at these calls in tears, yeah. so unhappy and stressed out and dysregulated and feeling physically and mentally bad about this living situation, yet really clinging to it still and feeling so afraid. And I just remember me being somebody, I'm like, you don't want to be there anymore, Lauren. It's not good for you. And you're like, I, you weren't ready. You weren't ready, which is beautiful. You know, everyone does everything on their own time. But it was really interesting to have this situation really highlight where you really didn't feel deserving. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely. And like you had to overcome that and learn how to ask for your needs. Yeah. To be able to create this new beautiful living experience. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Um, well, that is, you know, that is a whole journey that is a definite path that I'm still like hardcore walking. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I, I work as an artist. I work in the theater. I don't have any yeah. money. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no money there. Like how would right, I right. ever be able to expect more than what I had right now? Which, you know, I also was clinging to the idea that like when we found our apartment, it was exactly what I wanted, you know, like mm. it Ooh, was. That is such a beautiful thing you just pointed out because so many of us, this is the thing that I want. This is what I've always wanted. I'm going to hold on to it no matter what, even as life changes and I evolve. Yeah. Which causes then suffering. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. It was, you know, like, oh my God, we found at such like a cheap price, we found a three bedroom or a three floor brownstone in Brooklyn. Like. With and, a yard? With a yard. And how many times has I had I said out loud, like. I just want to work in Brooklyn. Like if I could just be in Brooklyn full time, if I didn't have to go to Manhattan anymore, you know, and then we can't find this place. And this was exactly the place I wanted, you know, it was. And so there was that feeling deep inside of like, but what if, like, what if I give this up and move to something else? And that doesn't make me happy either. Then, mm -hmm. then that's, again, I'm wrong and I'm fucking everything up because I don't know. And yeah, I was afraid of the, I don't know, you know? Yes. Yes. 
And do you feel less afraid of the I don't know now? Oh my God. Just in general. The I don't know has become my best friend. It's Yay. Like, I, I just, my general answer is, I, I don't know. Like things fall apart and what used to would be cause such severe dysregulation in me yeah. and such sadness and such depression and mm-hmm. has just become like, okay, well, I don't know what's coming. Something else is coming then, but I don't know what it is, which yeah. is a yeah. lot of freedom. There's a lot of freedom. That is one of the biggest things I try to impart on people is like, well, A, if not this, then something better. Like we yeah. all are just convinced that like, this is the best I'll ever have. I'm like, what if this is the new baseline? Yeah. Right. What if it's not the best you'll ever, what if we just go up from there? So if you don't get something similar to this, it'll be something better and we won't settle for anything else. And that happens, right? Maybe there's a dip, oh, absolutely you know, maybe happens. in the growth journey, it's not exactly, but if you show up and listen and you do the work and you know, you're connected to yourself and you make the decision that makes the most sense for you, I never see a situation. And you know, this is the hard part about the work and why people come back and and um, once you start to become more connected to yourself, more conscious, you start listening in ways that you've been numbing and avoiding and you haven't been feeling good. Because again, so many people come to me feeling stuck or feeling disconnected, right? They don't know, right? And then it's so scary to look inside and start to learn, mm-hmm. right? Because what happened to you, and we've seen this happen with people's relationships or careers or both, where it's like... You come into this process thinking there's a magic pill. You just want to feel better. You want to lose 20 pounds. You want to whatever. You want to be happier. And initially there is almost like a crash and burn, right? Where like things do get worse because all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've just been putting tape on the bottom of this leaky boat instead of patching (laughs) it. And the water keeps coming in. The water keeps coming. I put more duct tape on it, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, no, no, we're going to open it up. We're going to take all the things out. We're going to rearrange them. We're going to get rid of the ones that don't work. We're going to give you tools. We're going to, you know, patch up some stuff and put it all back in in a better way. But that takes some time. It is this, this ability to listen and, and, and look inside and not be afraid. Because I think that we're also afraid of the mess and the pain and the fact that like the job isn't right anymore. The marriage isn't right anymore. That you do want the kids or you don't want the kids or, you, you know, whatever it is. And so many of us just spend our lives avoiding that, right? And yeah. having the chocolate and the alcohol and running as fast as we can. Like New York's a beautiful example of where it's very easy because it is so loud that you do not need to look inside at all. You do not need to see what's not working. You do not need to honor your truth, which may be uncomfortable. And the longer and you don't listen to your truth, like the quieter it gets. Yes. To where you, that voice a, is like just this tiny whisper that I, I, I couldn't hear it. Right. And you don't trust it yeah. and you have no skills, right? It is a skill. It's a muscle. That trust muscle is a real thing, being able to listen to it. And it's interesting because, you know, people will stay with me for a couple of years and come back and come back because I unfortunately make you see things about yourself that you weren't ready to look at. Because at <laughs> yeah. the end of the day, if you want to heal your relationship with your body or food or whatever you do to numb out, and that can be as that can be, it's interesting. I'm, I'm starting to call more and more people into my life who that's their thoughts more than anything else that, it, you know what I mean? It, you know, it can be sugar, it can be shopping and it can be your brain yeah. and the way you think and yeah. the way you talk to yourself and what you believe and what you believe about yourself. Yeah. And like, and 
I start to give you tools to untangle that a little bit, right? Because that's where we get in the way and we stay disconnected or we stay in suffering or we keep ourselves small or we keep ourselves in the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And what you've done and what we watched you do in that second session, like you guys got, you moved out. You took a leap of faith in a town you didn't know. And you, you bought a house in Connecticut and you were terrified. Terrified. Absolutely terrified. Because it was on a whim. It made no sense. You both worked in New York, but like you had to listen to this deep listening that you were going to end up sick and feeling horrible if you didn't. Yeah. Oh, I, I fully believe that it, New York would have killed me. It would have killed me to stay there. Absolutely. Without yeah. a doubt. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, we had looked for so long, you know, which again, I didn't understand um, because, right, you're supposed to just be able to manifest it. You just manifest it. You just... Think about what you want right. and it shows up. That's what manifesting is, right? <laughs> That's it. Right, right. Yeah, when, it's just there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> and I feel like I'm, we'd looked for so long and nothing, nothing was there. And so I was also in that place of like doubting my own thoughts and my own like feeling of like, yeah. no, I have to do this. And I'm like, well, if I have to do this, then where is it? I, I don't know. I don't know how to work yeah. harder when in actuality, yeah. the answer wasn't working harder. It was just like, like following the breadcrumbs. And when yes. we did find our house, yes. you know, we wa I walked in and I was like, oh, oh, this is my house. Like, mm. and everything was really fast and fairly simple from that yeah. point, which also yeah. made it not make sense, you know? Yes which yes. made it feel like, yes. wait, it, sh it shouldn't be like this. Obviously the house must be on a haunted Indian graveyard and we're all going to get stuck <laughs> into the television. Something has to be yes. horribly wrong. <laughs> it can't, it can't just, happiness doesn't just work out, you know? Oh, right. And there's emotional ceiling you're hitting there yeah. too, right? And I also want to backtrack for a minute to the whole yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not knowing, the whole I don't know. Um, yeah. which there was, I think it might've even been in the, the last workshop we did, you know, I was talking yeah. about like desire to like grow and move forward in my like work situation. And you said to me, you go, maybe it's just not time to know. Yeah. I never knew that was an option. I never knew that mm. that was, a. I didn't know that was a choice to not know. Yeah. I yeah. thought that you had to know whether it mm. was you know, listening to yourself or what you were given or like what you were working towards or whatever. I didn't yeah. know that there was the possibility to just not know and lean into that and see how things come, which especially yeah. as reflectors is how yes. we're meant to operate, you know, yes. to not yes. push it, to not be like trying to force things and they, you know, the next right thing will show up. So yes. Yes. That was like a whole game changer in realizing that that was an option, which then yeah. by turn, by not knowing, peaked my curiosity in the world yes, in a whole new yes, way. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's brilliant what you just said right there. Brilliant. Because you like, weren't making yourself wrong. I wasn't making myself. putting pressure on it and you weren't scrambling to do what everyone else is doing. It's like, I don't know. How do I figure out how to know? 
What would be interesting? Maybe it's in this book about breathing. Maybe it's there. Oh, wait, maybe it's in the, the somatic therapy workshop. Wait. And all of these like little curiosity hits along the way, then just be like, it's like fitting like little Jenga pieces back in instead of pulling them out. Be like, oh, yeah. here's a tiny thing from this that I can take that works for me, which is totally different mm -hmm. than what works for the person next to me. And oh, mm -hmm. wait, I learn mm -hmm. about this, which then leads me to this, which it's, it just sort of has changed a whole life experience by not, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Not knowing. Yeah. 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 I mean, and you're a really beautiful example of what I'm starting to see with my clients, right? Like so many people come to me suffering and in survival, right? Like, I just can't take this one more second. I don't know. I can't figure it out. My body hurts, my stomach, whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, I take you, you know, from survival into like healing and health, right? There's like a baseline there. And then if you stay the course, we go into life optimization. Yeah. So I watched you, you were like physically suffering. You, that first round, you got better in your body. And then that, once we got you feel in your body, you realized how much you did not how your environment was making, was adding to, right? You feeling poorly. Yeah. You got yourself out of that situation into your dream home, essentially. Yeah. And then the third time it was like, okay, so we fixed the body, we fixed the environment. Now it's like, what do I have to give? You know, what, what, it, what do I want to put out into the world? What do I want to create? And that's a really beautiful, but also scary space to be in. Mm -hmm. And I think that, so many of the things, and this is why the listing, cultivating the listing is so important. And this is why, you know, we start with the physical stuff, things like sleep and moving and all of those things that will get you in your body and make you feel like you can inhabit it without suffering and feeling stomach aches and upset. Because once you're present and you can be in that experience, that's when we do get that information. We do that, get, get that knowing. And it's so funny because it's like, I toe the line with this stuff. And I, I always worry that I sound too woo-woo. And like, I do maybe, right? Never. Um, for some people, I definitely <laughs> probably do. But like, there are both parts of it, right? And there is that very human part of it where like, your phys if your physical body is not okay, you're never going to be able to hear that little gentle voice because you're always going to be trying to heal or trying to fix or, you know, and so many of us keep ourselves in that state. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to look at the fact that our marriage isn't working or whatever it is. And then, you know, once we get you in there, it's, we, you know, we're taught this idea, right? Of the, like you go to school and then you go to college and then you get a job and then you get married and, then, and, then, and, then, and there's this like linear path. There's a right no answer. Yeah. There's no right answer. There there's only not. your right answer. It doesn't answer. exist. There's yeah. your right answer yeah. and that's going to change all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting because so many of these tools, it's like, yes, it's health, but in service of how do we create the most beautiful life for you? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we uncover? And I always talk about it being like a treasure map, right? We all have this sort of buried treasure map inside of us and it's up to you to find that treasure and we have to mine what's deep within us to know what's, okay, where oh, you've got to take, you know, X marks the tree. We got to go over to look at the tree and see what, see what's in there and learn the next thing. And then, then we got to go to the riverbank and see what's over there. And so much of what I try to do for people, which I think you're exemplifying beautifully. And like, you're in, you're in this really interesting liminal space. And it would be fun to talk to you in like six months or a year where you've, 
you've surrendered finally, right? To the idea of us, you being right or wrong, to you being wrong, especially, or being undeserving, right? You're healing all that stuff you've dealt with. You, that was that was what was inside when we looked in. Ooh, I'm not deserving. Ooh, I'm not good enough. Ooh, like all of these things that so many of us can relate to, right? And then once we clear that out and think like, ooh, maybe I can do whatever. And then it's like, <gasps> what is that? Yeah. It's so scary. Whatever's and, really big. <laughs> Right. Oh my God. And then it's like, we want to look and it's like, oh, I could do this whole whole other huge thing over there or this or that, or start a company or whatever it is, move to another country. And then we're paralyzed, right? Because how do I do that? It's too big. It's too scary. And so much of what this work becomes is how do you just keep it really small, keep it really present, be in the moment and listen and trust that those whispers that you get to go to that party to go to the art opening, to stay home, to, to watch that YouTube video, to, to like two people left the same book with me that visited me, this fiction book. And I never read fiction. I'm going to have to read it. Right. Oh. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Or it's like when we start to notice these things and know that like, there's just life will give you hints and clues, but so much of it has to do with like your connection to yourself and, and your truth. And that's the only compass that's going to lead you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And giving, I think it's really important, as I've learned, uh, to allow time. Like there's so much like you, you hear, you hear the call that like, oh, this isn't right where you are. But that doesn't mean that in five minutes, I mean, it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen in five minutes, but like. There's so much to learn in that space between. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, especially as a reflector, like learning to slow it all down and like yes. not just keep going on the adrenaline rush of it because at least for me, that adrenaline wheel will inevitably crash me right into a brick wall, you know, which yeah, then same. leads to more frustration as to like, oh no, was I, I did it wrong. I did it wrong. Yeah. Which in yeah. actuality, it's just like, just sit back a little bit and give it a little time and space and breathing room and the right thing will happen. And at this point where we are culturally, you know, it's a powerful act of defiance to slow down yeah. and give yourself that space. Right. Yeah. It's, that's one of the scariest thing. And I was, I started coming up against it here um, because again, I mean, the whole thing about moving here was sort of the same as your house. Like the first night I spent in Lisbon, I, I didn't even like my Airbnb. I was like, it was a random night. I just stepped onto the street and I had this like electric feeling and this real sense of like excitement about this. And like throughout the the month I spent here last, cause I really, I was with you. I, I was in this space of really powerfully not knowing where I even wanted to live. Like that felt really crazy to me. And it was so terrifying because I always had a very, very, very clear path. Like I was going to move to New York and be an actress. And then I was Mm going to start this other company. And then, okay, I was going to get divorced. I was going to move to Los Angeles. I was going to build out both parts of my career. Oh shit. I'm going to let go of acting. Okay. I'm going to build out my, this. And then I was like, well, where am I going to live? And, oh, I'm going to live in London and I have this relationship and uh, that's going to be it. And it was the first time in my life where I was like, well, not the first, but the biggest time probably in my life where I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah. I really don't know. And I'm very scared. And I don't, no one else is going to, I'm alone in this. 
So I'm the only one who has to figure it out. And it was really interesting that the Lisbon thing unfolded much like your house did. I'm like, this is too easy. I'm getting a visa, like very easily doing all of these things. This makes no sense to me. And really trusting and listening and then finally getting here. And as someone who is very sensitive to her environment, this is the antithesis of New York City. It is a small town. Uh, The pace of life is different. How people show up in the world is different. And I, for the first couple of months, just was spinning my wheels, like running around like a crazy person, not understanding why I didn't have the same motivation to work and not allowing myself to acknowledge the burnout of the last, I don't know, almost 20 years of my life, Yeah, especially five. And it was so scary. And like Claire, poor Claire has been on so many calls with me where I'm just like crying about like, is it okay to slow down? Is it okay to give myself a break? And I finally just had to do it. But then I had to like keep reminding myself that it was okay that I was doing it. Because I always, for me, right? And I know I tell this to you guys a lot. It's like, not only do are we looking inside for like what, or feeling around sometimes, because that's all it is, like, you know, depending on what type of person you are, but like, what is that next right step? Like, if we don't know what is just the next right thing that's going to like feel aligned or feel good or feel relaxing or calming or, you know, like the Martha Beck thing, the head, you know, the really does do you have a desire right does it pull on your heart does it feel like peace in your gut does it feel like freedom to you you know feeling around for the next tiny right step when you really don't know mm-hmm. and oh no I was on a build and I lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it okay where was I going with that that does not happen very often this is what happens when you stay out late going dancing with your gay friend from college. I'm very good about not doing stuff like this before podcasts, but I hadn't seen him in four years. Sometimes you gotta. It was like the only night. And I was like, you know what? I'm going for it. I had a little bit of a rough week, had a breakup week. So we're like leaning into like what feels good for us. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in that moment, giving yourself that permission to lean in and listen and do the next right thing. Yeah. Knowing that like, it's often not going to make sense. Right? right? When you are making a big shift, when you are doing a big transition, when you are changing jobs or leaving the security of a great relationship or environment, you know, it makes no sense. So like we have to have this weird sense of trust in ourselves and allow the, I don't know, yeah. and allow us to jump off of those, those cliffs and allow us to continue to move forward. Oh, I know exactly what I was going to say. I, I talked myself back into it. Um, <laughs> But for me at this point, you know, feeling around for that next right step, sometimes it's like, well, your brain is like, you should do this, right? This would be the right thing. This would be like the business minded thing to do, or this is what, like what you used to like to do. And now I'm like, what's the scary thing? Yeah. Not the scary thing. Like I'm going to die, but like, what's the thing that I am terrified to do? And it was so interesting because when I really got present to what that was, this summer, it was like rest more, work less. And I was like, I'm so afraid to trust that's going to be right. I'm so afraid. But I'm like, but if I know that I make no fear-based decisions anymore, that was like my promise to myself after my divorce, I would not do anything based in fear. The other part of it is I really try to do the next scary thing. Mm-hmm. So is it letting go of something? Is it, you know, slowing down? Is it taking a new class? So for you in this moment, in this in-between space, Put your head on your hand on your heart for a second. 
and close your eyes. And everyone do this, right? And just like we started, take five deep breaths and just like get really in your body. And without opening your eyes or overthinking, what is the scariest thing you could do, right? To step out of your comfort zone in this moment to move towards clarity. And maybe it's a couple of things, maybe it's one. First thing that comes to mind is always the right thing. And it can be so tiny and so simple. And it also can be totally nonsensical in relation to what you're trying to figure out. And when you have that, open your eyes. And if you're open to sharing, you know, what the lack of clarity is and maybe what the scary thing is, feel free. And you also don't have to. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that the first thing that comes to mind is you're doing it because ah! I, I know didn't, you didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do this. And everything about it, when you asked me, my body went, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. Why do you think, why was this scary? Um, there's a long time in my life when um, committing my words or my thoughts to some type of permanent medium or semi-permanent mm -hmm. medium or whatever, whether yeah. that was writing them, whether that was recording them or whatever, it's very scary. It's very scary because yeah. those can then be brought back and used against you, you know? And I had instances of like, you know, uh, family or partners or whatever, like reading my journal or like reading these mm -hmm. things and like my thoughts were then turned against me. And so, yeah. um, and so, so this seemed terrifying to me. And also, you yeah. know, when you were like, Oh, like, you've, you've been a success story. And I'm like, well, why am I still such a fucking hot mess? If I'm a success story, this feels wrong. Like, obviously you're seeing the wrong thing, which, um, which I think for a long time in my life, I didn't register the idea of growth. And I yes. thought that change, I didn't, I, I only saw it as change and not like change because you're growing or outgrowing something or like, your path veered and change again, kind of like I mentioned earlier, seemed bad to me because these things that I wanted so much that I got, that then when I didn't want them anymore, felt bad. And I think the same thing with ideas and with words, you know, like just because mm -hmm, I say something, mm -hmm. it felt, it felt incorrect that I could say something right now and then think something different in two years, you know, if somewhere mm -hmm. down the line. I never mm -hmm. took into account the idea that, oh, you can learn more and you can experience things and you can also just yeah. like, just outgrow and shed a skin. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, you know, as I've been trying to figure out my next step, mm -hmm. career-wise, mm -hmm. life-wise, whatever, yeah. I've, yeah. I yeah. feel this thing about like finding my voice again and, mm -hmm. and feeling confident in speaking about things. 
Um, Even my own experience, I don't think I felt confident in talking about. So, uh, so yeah, so that's why I was just like, well, you know what? Fucking do the podcast. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, somebody's going to come light my house on fire. If anyone's listening, please don't come light my house on fire. We didn't even tell them where you live. Okay, don't good, even worry. Good. good. Um, <laughs> she lives in, uh, she actually lives in Stars Halls. I'm trying to find it. That's exactly where she lives. Yeah, yeah. Near the true. music store. <laughs> like, okay, like trying right. to think of landmarks. Yeah. There's a gazebo. She can see the gazebo from her living room. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I really, you are, you are a profound success story. You know, you heal your relationship to your body, understand what you eat, like needed to eat. You found your dream home and got yourself out of a situation that you were very stuck in. And now you're sort of like, that's the thing though about life. And it's like, we get to the next step and then there's more steps Yeah, every single time. So how can we enjoy, oh, here we are now, here we are now. And like, how can we have these moments of looking back? Like you, two years ago, looking at your life now, how impressed would she be? Blown away and st- unconvinced still that it was possible. Right? Yeah. Right? And I think that like, I love having you on because- Growth and life is never clean and beautiful. And it always feels a little bit messy. And I have to remind myself all the time. I'm like, look at where you are now when I feel really like in pieces because I, you know, moving here and really starting over my life, it it has felt that way. And a couple of times it's like, what did I do? Was I running away from something? It's like, no, no, but we can hold both, right? That you are an incredible successful story and the journey that you're on is amazing and, and you still continue to grow and look for things and that you aren't there yet because we never get there because there is death. Yeah. So yeah. why are we running so fast towards it? Why are we ignoring the moment? Why are we not enjoying every part of it? Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, again, culture in the U S too, it's like, okay, we're going to, you're going to have all the, you're going to get the money so you can buy the house and have the shit and the car and the stuff. And then you could be happy that you can retire and be on vacation. That's never, ever, you know what I mean? Like that's such a difficult way to look at life because you're putting off happiness forever and ever where it's like, how is every moment for me and interesting and unique and beautiful? And how is this, how can we look at everything that's showing up? Because, you know, life shows up through the lens in which we choose to see it, right? We have so much more control over how we experience life than we realize. Yeah. And if we can just sit there and be like, how is it? Let's just assume everything's for our greater good. Let, let's just assume everything is for us, for our growth, f- to push us to be these versions of ourselves that our souls are aching for, right? To, to create these things that we love so much. How, do, how can we just enjoy every single part of that and look at every heartbreak and every, like, I am in sort of a weird space coming out of like this three and a half month thing that was really intense emotionally and lovely and beautiful and hard mm-hmm. and feeling, you know, kind of going into it being like, this is maybe not exactly what I'm looking for, but like, I'm being drawn into this cause I don't know why. So I, I usually just like let go. And as things were shifting or coming apart or, you know, I was, there was a moment last weekend where I was like, oh, I feel so stupid. Like, how did I, how did I let myself do this again? And even in that moment, I couldn't really believe that because I could look and see all of, I learned how to, I got really clear on what my needs were. I got to practice stating those needs. 
right? I got to learn to trust myself more and feel better, you know, out my shadow in these parts of myself that I didn't feel good about. And it was like, whoa, nothing is ever wasted. Yeah. If we can look, right? None of it is. And wouldn't, won't, every time you look back at these in-between spaces where I like, I'll have these moments here where I'm like, where am I putting my business into? And like, who am I calling in? And what, you know, year, there were years where I was dying to just be alone. Like the idea of like having my own apartment in like a really fun city where I had freedom and I could cultivate community and do whatever. I want. Dying for that. Yeah. Why am I getting out of this so fast? And like those moments in my acting career where like I didn't have a lot going on and I was able to do like a, like, um, well, the artist way or, you know what I mean? Go to the MoMA in the middle of the day by myself. And I look back on those moments so incredibly fondly, but I felt exactly how you do now. So how can we use this, this beautiful in-between space as also a gift? How can we view it that and also enjoy it instead of just fighting it? Yeah. And I think also the looking back is such a gift that I never, I don't feel like I ever utilized until, I mean, God, I don't know, two weeks ago when I like took the time to like look back and I feel like I've lived more lives than I can even count. But that yeah. felt, and that again, felt shameful. Like, oh, I should have found the one person and settled down and be three kids deep by now. And, you know, like the one path. Yeah. When I took the time to like look back and think about it, I was like, holy shitballs. I did manifest all those things. These things that I said out loud and I put the universe, wait, I had that. And then moving on to the next thing was because like something changed inside. Yes. And it, that was the like, I don't know moments, but I, instead of like leaning into it and treating it with like grace and beauty as to like the infinite world ahead of us, I thought of it as bad and wrong, you know, like I yeah. should never want to change. Yeah. I should, I should yeah. always want, you know, mint chocolate chip ice cream every single time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the answer is always, I don't know. <laughs> and that's okay. Cause I don't think we ever really know. Right. Yeah. Like we have these ideas of things we want and like how beautiful is that? Right. And the more I, you know, I say this all the time. It's like the more we hold on rigidly to these ideas that it has to be a certain way and it always has to be this person or always has to be this job or always has to be the more we suffer seasons change. We are human. We are part of nature. We're always evolving. Things are going to continue to change. And the more you just let them, again, open palm, let the sand, let the water go, really don't try to grip it, the more you experience the richness of life in all of its colors. Yeah, it's also, I feel, I'm finding it feels very, like, egotistical to hold on tightly because there is, like, way more out there than I can possibly comprehend. And like, exactly. what a dick exactly. move on my part to be like, nope, I know that this is the best thing for me. And for some people, like they find that and that is the best thing for them. But I'm discovering that like, again, you know, like the next right thing often shows up in my path and be like, oh, wait, this workshop, this sounds really interesting. I've never, I don't know anything about this. And yes. there's so much more out there that I, 
if I had have stayed on the path, you know, when I was in LA 17 years ago, I never would have, I never would have found these things that have brought so much color and so much beauty. Yeah. yeah. And I love that you bring that. There are two things that I really want to, you know, hit home here. It's like the curiosity piece that you brought up, I think. And that's what we talk about with the sugar detox, right? Where mm -hmm. it's like bringing it back to that. This is not a diet. Yeah. This is not, almost nothing to do with food. This is a, a science experiment on your body, essentially. And this is an opportunity to be, for you to be curious. Yeah. When I do this, what happens? When I do that happens, what happens? And I think if we can always keep that beginner, new, curious, curious mind, we will learn so much more. We will, we will pull more threads, right? We'll be like, what's behind this door? What's behind that door? We'll learn so much more. I think that's so important. And I love, and I believe this, I believe it, right? Where like, what if the thing that is coming into your life is way more beautiful than you can even imagine? Yeah. What if it's something you can't even fathom is so great? Why are we so mad that the relationship or the job or whatever didn't work out when there is something else that is far more, like I was so upset for years that my acting career didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to. And it didn't turn into this big thing, but holy shit. I love this so much, what I do. Yeah. I didn't know it existed as a job because it didn't, because I had to invent it, right? No, I mean, obviously there are health coaches and whatever, I'm not that special, but like my version of this was unique to me and I didn't know it existed, right? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know when I was an actor and I could only live in New York or LA that like, that's what I thought. And what would it be like to experience really living in a different country more than a few months, right? And like, what would that look like? And how would that be? Felt way more aligned for me. I had no idea life could feel this good and be this beautiful. And let's just always stay open to that possibility that like, if we don't hold on too tightly, we trust ourselves, we take that extra step, we take care of ourselves, we're gonna continue to be delivered. And we face the hard stuff, right? Yeah. And you know, we work through it, we don't, we don't shy away from it, we don't numb but that life will continue to present things that are like wildly more beautiful than one could imagine. Yeah. And they're, they're different for each one of us, you know? Yes. I mean, again, it's getting rid of like the guilt and the, and the fear of doing it wrong, you know, yes. because again, when I, when I started the very first session with you, I thought that, by week two, obviously I would be ready, you know, to just do whatever the fuck I want. And if on week two, if I had have been like, oh, well, Liana does Joe Dispenza meditation weekends. I'm going to go do that. I would have shit my pants and died probably because <laughs> no, I, there was die. none of the like, but I didn't have Framework. a, I, yeah. it wouldn't have connected with me. I would have been yeah. lost because yep. that was your path. And I didn't yeah. have the background of it. So instead of like getting a magic pill and the, and the, oh, like instead of following in someone's footsteps, I learned how to walk on my own, which yes! is. Oh, maybe that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Is that what I'm, doing? <laughs> I'm teaching y'all how to walk on your own. Yeah. Yeah. You're like our little, one of those little play school thingies the kid oh, never mind it's lost <laughs> I know, we don't have kids we don't know, what we're <laughs> we don't know what's the plastic and the walking and the whatever yeah and that's so beautiful that's so beautiful Lori. and again i mean 
you know, I'm, I'm going to end up in another one of the group programs because, <laughs> because it's, I hope so. it's just, it's just a beautiful experience. And I always like start digging up these new things. I have learned, mm-hmm. um, especially after this one, I've really realized how important it is for me to have time in between them. Yeah. Yeah. Like as soon as we finished the one, I was like, Oh, I need to dive right back in. And I I was aware that part of that was my like reflectorism getting caught up in like everybody else's energy about it and being like, Oh, I have to keep this rolling when in actuality, it's really been amazing for me to be like, Ooh, okay. I need to take a minute and I need to use this and see where Mm -hmm. it takes me. And then where it takes me, I have a feeling will inevitably lead me back to another group because it's just such a you'll have it you'll uncover it next level yeah it's a gorgeous way to work through it and like yeah 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 well we end every episode asking people the question in the title (laughs) you know we always talk about this in the group right we have a choice when life throws us those curveballs, we could suffer through or love through. And what is your favorite tool that you have cultivated through the group or just on your own that when you get handed a shit sandwich from life, that you are allowed to pivot and, you know, it helps you regulate yourself. It helps you have perspective. It helps you move through. What is that? Um, for me, it comes back to really grounding myself. Um, mm-hmm. and my, mm-hmm. my three, my three main ways of doing that. Well, I guess it's two main ways of doing that. And then one other technique entirely, um, breathing, like consciously mm-hmm. stopping mm-hmm. and breathing, whether it's doing a specific technique or just like in just focus on in and out, like that's huge. Yeah. Um, I also find it really helpful to like I find visualization really helpful. So uh, grounding, you know, standing and imagining the roots coming out of my feet is Mm. such Mm -hmm. an important thing that I use almost daily. And then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the last time that I really like lost the thread on myself, completely dysregulated, um, we talked during that and what, yeah. what sh- got thrown in my path right afterwards was a second listening of the untethered soul and mm. the continual talk in there about just opening your heart and letting go. Yeah. And so yeah. I, yeah. you know, I have a, a visualization of, you know, the window opening with the curtains blowing outward over the ocean. And mm. then also of that. like, like bicycle handles, like old school seventies bicycle handles that when I take my hands off, like the streamers start to blow. And so I just, I, I use those, those a lot to just find Mm -hmm. my way back to me, which then helps me better to deal with the world around me. Yeah. Beautiful. And you're talking about getting, you know, going from getting out of dysregulation, right? Getting out of feeling triggered, whatever we want to call it. And like, we cannot make decisions. We cannot communicate. We cannot do things from that space. And you're, and that is like one of the most powerful tools and, or you have a handful of really powerful tools to get back there because that's where clarity comes from. Yeah. And even not being triggered, even sometimes like 
just on a random Tuesday night, I'm like, you know what? I just really need to like ground back into myself. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love those. Lori, thank you so much for A, being brave and stepping outside of your comfort zone to do this and to find your voice. And I had a really hard time feeling like I had permission to, like, it was a long time in the making, this podcast for me as well, or just in general, it was so scary to put out that program. Even I'd been working in this industry for years and I had healed my own body and all of this stuff. And it was like, well, who am I? Who am I to tell anyone anything? And so I want to acknowledge you for, for being brave and being on this path of reclamation of like, you know, like really reclaiming your voice. And in that you will find, you know, obviously, right. You're being drawn to that, the next thing for you, whatever that is. is. And, and I do want to remind you that you are a powerful success story and just an example of some beautiful, intentional, conscious human who is moving forward doing the very best she can to create a life that is aligned and happy for her. And that's, you know, what we can hope for anyone. That's the only thing we can hope for or wish for, for everyone. Yeah. So like you're nailing it. Aw, thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. I know it doesn't feel like it sometimes when we don't know and we're in it, but like you're doing it, you're nailing it. Like you're a a really a, a beautiful example. So thank you for, for coming on and opening up. Cause I know not everyone likes to talk about themselves. I don't understand it, but yeah. Some of us weird. Some introverts. of us don't want people to know that, that <laughs> their lives aren't working out and they're failing and they get sweaty on the, like the weird, I share the weirdest stuff on here. I'm like the further into this I get, I'm like, Oh God, vulnerability. Hangovers. <laughs> but, um, thank you for being brave. Thank you for having me. My love a crazy person. And thank you, Claire. I'll be excited to have you back whenever that feels right for you. All right. It's a date. All right. Send you so much love. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. Love Through It is hosted by Liana Nielsen and produced by me, Claire Burns. If you're interested in working with Liana as a client or hiring her to lead a workshop or be a contributor, you can contact her through her website, healthybyliana.com, on Instagram, at Healthy by Liana or email, and you guessed it, healthybyliana at gmail.com. <laughs>